Welcome to Dig Deep, the mining podcast. In this podcast, we discuss, educate and talk about industry news and hot topics, company reviews and live interviews with mining professionals and leading figures in the mining industry. Introducing your host, Rob Tyson, founder and director of Mining International. With a career covering nearly two decades, Mining International partners with new and junior miners and larger predominant players in the market. With no further ado, here is your host, Rob Tyson. Hi, mining community. Welcome back to another episode of the Dig Deep, the mining podcast. And today's guest is Glyn Jones, CEO of Trollex, who are a predominant leader in health and safety technology, mainly to the mining industry. Um, they bring a pioneering products to the market that provide real-world benefits to mining customers um, and deliver best-in-class safety technology to ensure workers in challenging environments are never put at risk. Um, I thought it'd be good to get Glenn on uh, on the podcast to give a better understanding of what advances there are in technologies around the health and safety um, space um, and what products are available out there to sort of help protect help better protect our, our mining workers and obviously it's an essential central part of the mining industry um health and safety so um i'd like to welcome glenn um and he can give us a little bit about um about his career and what trollex do so how you doing glenn i'm uh, good thanks rob yeah, uh, very happy to be on yeah appreciate uh, you taking the time to do this so um yeah i wondered if you can just give us a little bit of background about yourself um, yeah. And if you can give us an overview of what Trollex actually does, um, what the company does, the products that they they um, sell, um, and then I've got some questions to ask ask you around obviously technologies in the health and safety space um, that some of our audience will um, will hopefully um, learn a few things from. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Um, so uh, I probably have quite an unusual background for someone in the mine supply industry. Uh, my degree was in philosophy and um, the early part of my career was, uh, was in media. I worked for Channel 4 Television here in the UK for uh, eight years. And then I ran my own communications agency for um, working for media and publishing companies around the world. So that took me to uh, India and the US and Spain and did that subsequently on a consultative basis. Um, and I then took over Trollex around uh, 10 years ago in the early part of 2010. Um, the business specializes in, in, in monitoring capability in hazardous environments, uh, as you said, principally in the mining and tunneling uh, industries. Uh, if you're in a mine anywhere in the world, there's a pretty good chance you'll be not too far from a Trollex product. We supply to over 30 countries, well, around about 38, I think at last count, uh, thousands of mines around the world. And uh, we're monitoring for explosive and toxic gases, controlling ventilation, monitoring pumps, uh, machine monitoring, a wide variety of environmental factors. Um, principally, our history has been in gas detection, but more recently, um, uh, and the subject that we're probably going to chat a little bit about today is uh, particulate monitoring. Um, so that's, that's our specialization. Yeah. Um, so I wonder if you could just tell us a little bit about uh, the scale of obviously particularization and the problem in the industry and obviously specifically to the mining industry. Yeah, I mean, this is a huge problem. Uh, just to quote a few statistics to you. Um, in the UK alone, 12,000 people died last year uh, from diseases related to inhalation of uh, dust in the workplace. Um, 
and to give that some context, you know, the Jumbo Jet took off and crashed with no survivors every single week of the year. That's the number of people that are dying from diseases uh, related to um, dust inhalation. Right. Uh, and that is a picture that is um, mirrored throughout uh, the industrial world. Um, in every developed country, the, the numbers in the US are 95,000. The estimated numbers uh, globally are uh, somewhere between six and 700,000 deaths every single year. And again, to give that some sort of context, that's the same number of deaths that uh, have been recorded globally uh, from the coronavirus crisis uh, from the start of the year. Um, and, you know, you see the uh, response that society and governments have had to, to that crisis, and, you know, rightly so. Um, and the reality is that there is something happening every single year of a similar scale um, and you know it really does not seem to come to the attention uh, of the media or um, or people in general and, and um, uh, an industry that, that is changing um, but um, you know it, it's uh, it's something that that uh, for me um, is I'm incredibly passionate about and uh, you know those those numbers are, are frightening numbers in the mining industry itself it's hard to say exactly what what those numbers are and uh, you know the reason for that is that um, the ability to, to to really monitor what what's been going on in the mining industry just hasn't been there. Uh, you know, you need to know what types of particulates, what types of dust are around, what you know, what size of the dust particulates are, um, and what an individual's exposure is to those. Um, so it's it's difficult to get those numbers, and it's also difficult because a lot of the harm that is caused. Uh, happens um, much later. It's not an immediate uh, issue. Um, it can be uh, years or even decades later. There could be other complicating factors. What we do know about the mining industry, though, and this is a global phenomenon, is that the trend is alarmingly upwards. Um, it, you know, many people seem to think that these are diseases of the past. They're not in 2018. I think uh, it was a 25-year high in the US of deaths related, uh, deaths of coal miners related to the inhalation of particulates. Um, so um, it, it's it, it's always been a very serious problem. It's um, it, it's becoming more serious, um, and the numbers are likely to be very very high. Um, I think the, the first thing that, that we need to do as, as an industry. Um, and as a society is is to is to work out ways that um, we, we can really understand what's going on out there and, and you have to be fair to mining companies in all of this picture by saying that the tools for understanding the scale of the problem just simply haven't been there um, uh, uh, until very very recently so it's not from a, a, a lack of willingness um, to engage with this problem or a lack of desire to, to solve it um, it's, it's that, um, and, and you know, I think governments and legislators understand this fact, um, that the tools for understanding the problem and for mitigating the potential harm just simply haven't been there. And, um, you know, that's something that, um, that, that, that we at Trollex have, have been very aware of, um, cause you know, it's our area of specialization for, for, for many years and it's something that, that uh, we've been, you know, working to address. Yeah. And so the products that you sell, are they products that you put on yourself and products that you put out onto the site, for instance? Um, uh, both. Uh, both. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, in the, specifically in the particulates uh, zone um, right now, uh, these are um, fixed units that would go into, uh, yeah. into a mine or into a tunnel or, uh, or whatever location you're using them in. Um, 
the next phase of the development for us will be to um, move towards personal uh, monitoring. And I think that's by and large um, where the industry want, wants it to go. Um, it's, um, it, it, I mean, there's a number of things about the harm that is done by particulates that, that uh, it's important to understand. The, the, the first is that, that um, you know, once people contract diseases related to the inhalation of particulates, they, they can't be cured. So the, the only way of stopping it is prevention. Um, and the only way of truly preventing it is understanding what the risk is and, and, and knowing when it's present. Um, and you know, eventually, you know, the, the way that that will happen will be um, to have personal monitoring taking place for, um, for, for every person that, that's, um, that, that, that's in, a, in a mine. Um, so uh, the, the next best thing to that is to have area monitoring, if you like, to have a unit in, in places where personnel are located and to be able to understand clearly what's going on there. But there's, there's, there are huge complications to, to dust monitoring and, and huge complications, particularly in a mining uh, context that, um, uh, that, that make that difficult. I mean, we, uh, uh, Trollock sat down around about seven years ago to try to understand what were the critical issues that were affecting the mining industry in terms of health and safety. And of course, the ones that get a lot of the attention are the, if you like, the safety related ones, you know, uh, rock fall, um, accidents, collisions, people falling, people, things will be falling on them. But in reality, they account for a, a relatively small percentage of the harm that, uh, that gets caused. This is both in the mining industry and, and in wider industry. Um, if you go to the HSC, the Health and Safety Executive website in, in the UK, you know, one um, really surprising statistic there is that 99% of the harm that is caused in workplaces is actually more a health-related one, not a safety one. So it's not accidents, it's not things falling on people. It's about, um, you know, what people are breathing um, and things that are less noticeable in the short term but have more damaging effects in the long term. So that, that, that was something that caught our attention very early on uh, when we were looking at this. And then the, the, the second, actually the second interesting one we looked at the HSE website was that three of the top five things that uh, are causes of harm, agents of harm, if you like, in the workplace and, uh, and specifically in the mining industry are particulates uh, related. So these are the biggest killers globally. Uh, of people in workplaces and and they are um, asbestos which everybody knows about silica uh, and diesel particulates the, the last two obviously being um, very relevant to the mining industry the, the other two in the top five by the way are sunlight and uh, shift work uh, given that sunlight's not a huge problem in the mining industry um, and underground. We, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, underground anyway yeah and um, you know we, we, we probably thought there's not a lot we can do about shift work we, we, we decided we'd put our attention into solving those particulates issues that were causing such harm um, and so that's what we set about doing what, one thing that we realized because uh, we were trying to work out why this was the why was this the case you know why was there such a high levels of harm why wasn't the industry able to to um, kind of deal with this and mitigate it and you know we came across a, a a simple fact really which is that most of the particulate monitoring technologies out there can't handle heavy dust loads um, so um, you know it sounds uh, kind of it kind of sounds ridiculous really that you have you know dust monitoring technologies their only problem is that they can't handle dust 
if you're in, uh, you know, uh, and I'm not criticizing those, those technologies, those products, you know, if you're in a, uh, you know, say a boundary monitoring situation where you're, you're monitoring the, 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 uh, the, uh, uh, in an, an outdoor zone uh, with light dust loads and wind blowing around, then these technologies are fine. But if you take them and put them into uh, heavy dust loads environments, such as mines or quarries or mineral processing or, or, or related activities like that, um, where you might have other complicating factors such as humidity and high temperature and vibration and lots of activity taking place, then they simply fall over. Uh, and that was why. Um, uh, that's why the levels of harm were so high. That is why um, the mining industry and other industries related to it were having such a, a, a difficult time in controlling, mm -hmm. mitigating this harm because they really didn't have the tools with which to understand what was going on. Yeah. Um, uh, and and that, that was what we kind of set out to provide. Yeah. Do you think mining companies sometimes overlook the importance of dust control or are they sort of unaware the damaging the the i suppose very damage that damaging it can it can actually be like you said it's pretty high up and on a on the list of uh, obviously um health causes do you think they overlook it do you think they're unaware of the importance of it um do they think if you're in a open pit mine that the dust will just go into the air as opposed to being underground where it's all contained um because i imagine Either, either, either underground or open pit, you were still going to have lots of dust. And no matter Absolutely. if you're in an open yeah. pit, yeah. doesn't yeah. matter. Doesn't mean it goes into the atmosphere. It could circulate a lot, a lot, but you can't see it. So yeah, you, no, really, really good questions. I, listen, I definitely don't think that in general the mining industry overlooks it. I, I, you know, I think, I think um, that as a society. Um, uh, it, it has been an overlooked thing for a long time, and, you know, largely because I just don't think the understanding has been there. I don't think we've realized that um, the issue is as widespread uh, as it actually is. Now, you can see um, from just the general media now that this is something that is, that is definitely changing. We're all becoming aware of, you know, the air that we breathe. Uh, what it contains, how important it is, and you know whether that's just on a, a general environmental level, you know whether you, you know living near uh, busy roads or uh, you know city centres, people are becoming aware now that this is something that that is very harmful to health and and is very very damaging. But you know it, it's it's relatively new, I think, in terms of that high level of, of awareness coming through. So so. Uh, the mining industry um, has, I think, been aware of the problem, um, but I don't think that it has had the tools with which to deal with it successfully. Um, if you don't understand what the picture is um, in the facility that you've got, and as you said, you know, you might look at an open cast or quarrying situation and think, well, that's okay, that's just going to blow away and no problem at all. And if you don't have the monitoring equipment available that is going to tell you otherwise, uh, then it's very difficult for you to make a response to that that, um, that is going to be meaningful. Yeah, the other thing is, is that, that visible dust tends not to be dangerous dust. If you could see it, then you probably aren't in that much danger from it. And this is you know, because of the particulate size. And, and in generally speaking, you know, the larger the particulate, the more chances the, the body's defences will intercept it and, and uh, will deal with it. L uh, 
uh, bigger the chance that PPE equipment that you're utilizing will, 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 will filter it out and or remove it from, from a dangerous zone. Uh, the better the chance that dust extraction and um, uh, dust suppression systems will deal with it. The actual really dangerous stuff you usually can't see or you quite often can't see. And so if you can't see it and you can't detect it, how can you mitigate, how can you protect against it? And that's fundamentally where we started from, which is, um, you know, yeah, yeah. When, when the mining industry is given the tools and, you know, to, 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 to understand what is going on, they will respond appropriately. You know, and you look back in our history of gas detection, you know, many, many years ago, of course, uh, you know, the, the right protections weren't in place for that. But once the technology became available, adoption was rapid. And mining companies understand that, you know, they, they have to have safe mines to be efficient, to be productive. Uh, and they have to look after their workforce to be efficient and productive, you know, and that's something that, that I think the vast majority of mining companies understand. Um, but you have to give them the right tools to be able to do that. And, you know, by the right tools, they have to have the capability to um, really understand the situation that, 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 um, that is happening in these very, very complex and very, very challenging hazardous environments. But it also has to be practicable from, you know, the point of view of cost and it has to be practical from the point of view of, you know, what do you need to do to maintain this ability to monitor? You know, if you're having to swap out a filter after every single shift, if you're having to go back and change pumps and, and send information off to laboratories to be analysed, that's just not realistic as far as I'm concerned. You know, you're expecting mining industries to completely under, uh, mining companies to, to, to completely undermine the way in which they operate. Um, and they're still not going to receive, you know, particularly um, uh, detailed or, or, or useful information from, from doing it. So, you know, the challenge for the people in uh, and the businesses and, and um, the, the organisations on the legislative side and, and in the mine supply industry is can we provide the tools to the mining industry that will allow them to monitor for this hazard in a way that is meaningful and then to make meaningful responses to it. And that's kind of where, where, where I think the whole industry is. is yeah. And do you think there's any country or continent where there's more of an issue with sort of, uh, I suppose, the problem or issue? And it, yeah, it, it, is it just an industry-wide thing? Or would you say particular countries and continents is, it, it is a big issue, um, which needs to probably be addressed and it's not being addressed? Yeah, there are definitely differences. I mean, you know, one of the reasons that we're seeing... Um, uh, a, um, an upturn in, in the cases of, of deaths and diseases related to uh, particulates in, in the mining industry is that there's, a, there's quite a simple reason for that and, and that is that uh, you know deposits are deeper, mines are getting bigger, we're, we're, we're going in deeper to, 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 to extract and that means more cutting, more blasting, uh, higher levels of mechanization and these are all dust creating activities. Um, so certainly the more advanced mining countries, uh, you know, and I'm thinking Australia and the US, the you know, European countries where there's still a significant mining uh, operation, uh, Southeast Asia, th those are, the, those are the, the countries where the problem is, is the most serious um, for, for, for those reasons. Um, and so um, there, there are definitely differences there. Uh, and clearly where there are follow-on um, uh, activities, uh, minerals processing uh, is a good example, uh, construction material manufacture, stone cutting, 
you know, so Australia is a great example, really, where, you know, they have a huge stone cutting industry. And, you know, that is guys, uh, you know, taking saws to uh, silicon materials and, uh, you know, essentially creating massive clouds of extremely hazardous particulates the most hazardous particulate um, that, 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 you know, that, that, that there is. Um, uh, and, you know, and those are the countries and, and the industries that have got the, the biggest problem and they know about it. And, yeah. and you know, we, we, we started working uh, uh, around about 70 years ago with an Innovate UK and, uh, uh, grant. Uh, but more recently, we've been working with WorkSafe Australia uh, because um, they are absolutely determined to solve this problem, and I, and I you know, I think that um, you know we have to, to to give credit to governments around the world, and particularly those in the more advanced economies. Uh, they really are uh, working hard to find solutions to this problem. Mm. We're, we're, we're hopefully getting there. Yeah. And how did Trilex get involved in particulates, um, and and go? I suppose go down that route. Uh, well, we we. Uh, it's driven by the market, really. We, we, um, you know, we started getting lots of inquiries uh, quite a few years ago. And a lot of them were based around diesel particulates in a mining context. Um, so people, you know, there was there were some interesting studies that came out, which made people begin to realise, you know, that these were very, very harmful particulates. So we, um, just because we were known um, in the in the gas detection zone, we started getting a lot of inquiries around diesel particulates and. That was the first thing that alerted us to the problem. Um, as I said earlier, we then kind of went on and had a look around just to try to understand what, what you know, why this was a problem, why it hadn't been solved previously. And you know, we we realised that we have an expertise at Trollex that you know very few companies have, and that is, you know, looking at um, very complex uh, hazardous zone uh, monitoring for for uh, for. for um, you know, environmental factors that, that will have multiple complicating factors, like, you know, like humidity and high temperature and, and, and so on and so forth. Uh, and we realized that this was uh, something that where we, we uh, had, had an expertise that we could bring to bear on something that was a real problem. And, you know, one of the things that, that I wanted to do when I came into Cholex and, and took over was, was I, I really wanted us to uh, begin to leverage the skills that we had um, you know the history and the, the knowledge that we had to make a difference in the world, and you know when when I begin when I began to look into it and research it and see the numbers that were associated with it, um, I, I was absolutely startled. I have to say, you know that we we had been in and around this zone for many years, and and we didn't we didn't know we didn't know that this was happening. We didn't know these enormous numbers of of. Uh, of um, deaths and, and diseases caused from from this problem and and you know quickly began to realize that it just generally wasn't known you know either within industry or within society as well and uh, we thought yeah this is this is the thing that, um, that that we really want to you know this is where we can really make a difference so that was kind of what inspired it we uh, worked with the UK university who are um, uh, you know world leading experts in in dust analysis and um, uh, and you know they had developments in technology that were taking place that that you know seemed to suggest that uh, it was going to become possible to um, you know detect for the first time you know in these difficult uh, hazardous locations things like diesel particulates and silica and uh, and other other um, 
uh, other particulates like that. And so we, you know, there seems to be a convergence of the two things there, a real need and a real drive for, uh, for, for a solution and the, the beginnings of the technological uh, developments that were needed to, to provide that solution. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we jumped into it from there. Would you say, um, I suppose, obviously, dust has always been an issue in the mining industry going back, sure, yeah. Yeah. Going back decades. Would you say the advances of technology has sort of driven your company forward? Because, say, if you look at 10, 10 15, 20 years ago, obviously, this dust would have still been, would have still been there. Yeah. And whatever... Whatever, whatever technology was around then um, would have picked up something. Would you say because, and it may have not been at the forefront of, I suppose, mining companies' mind, but also the technology side. Mm-hmm. With advances of technology and ever-increasing modern technology coming available constantly all the time, has that driven your company and driven the importance of this issue sort of accelerated it like 100% times 10, for instance, because of advances in technology. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I I mean, the advances in technology are part of the reason why the, you know, the dust uh, problem is, is, is getting worse. Yeah. Um, You know, just because of the the, the methodology that's been created. Um, um, But the advances in technology, uh, you know, as I said earlier, the tools just haven't been there to really understand what this problem is. Uh, And, you know, it's, you know, we're, we're talking very, very recently now, uh, as in, you know, a matter of months, really, where technologies are beginning to be made available now that are going to provide answers to this. And, and you know, particularly looking at things like the silica problem, you know, that, that is, you know, silica has things about it that make it incredibly difficult to detect accurately and reliably. Um, you know, it's, um, it's very irregular in its shape and formation. So most particulates will, will have a fairly regular uh, form to them. And most technologies that are used to detect um, particulates will fire a beam of light at these particulates. And then they, they will look at what happens to that light and they'll be able to say, okay, I can see this type of particulate in there and, and uh, it's this size and, and, and this is what you should do about it. If you have completely irregular particulate size, and that just simply isn't going to work, those those technologies are either going to not see it or they're going to be confused by it. So that is the the first problem, um, and, and it, it, it's an incredibly difficult problem to overcome. The, the second aspect to it is that it's incredibly dangerous. Um, the silica particulates are um, very shardy in their nature. They're like tiny, you know, minuscule pieces of glass that have been, you know, shattered. And what that means is that because they're so small, they will escape the body's defense systems. And uh, once they get into the lungs, which they do, um, the shardy nature of them means that they stick there and, uh, and then they cause harm and eventually they lead to fatal diseases and, and, and what have you. So um, the driving of, uh, technology, particularly in particular the improvement of laser technology, is, is what brought about this change. Um, and the, you know, there's no doubt that uh, when we set off on this journey seven years ago, it was very much on a wing and a prayer because the technology didn't really exist at that stage. Um, it was in development, and we you know, we hoped it would go where 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 uh, where we needed it to go, and it, and it certainly has. Um, um, and there's no doubt now, I think, I, I think we could be more optimistic than ever that, that the technology is there to provide 
something that will give a, an accurate picture of what's going on in mines. Yeah, I'm not sure if you covered this, but you can probably cover it in in um, some detail as well. Um, why yeah. is it why is it that uh, particulates are such a problem in the mining industry, uh, and what does it why is it seem so hard to prevent um, prevent the harm that they actually do? Yeah, well, I, I mean, um, you know, by definition, I think 90% of the Earth's um, crust is, is silica materials, silica minerals. So obviously, by definition, the mining industry is digging into that. And therefore, you know, we are releasing, you know, what is potentially one of the most harmful particulates um, uh, just um, as part of the process of mining. So mining has, you know, mining and related I industries have a particular problem especially around silica and and uh, and, and um, similar uh, types of particulates and um you know i think that, that the interesting thing about about that is that um if you want to attempt to control this picture you you've you've got to understand clearly what's going on if you know for example you have a um, dust extraction or suppression system you can switch that on and you can see that that's making a difference because most of the dust will disappear and then you can think okay that's that's great i've i've controlled my dust problem and you can walk into an area that looks safe feels safe you're breathing in you can't feel anything that's great actually what you may have done there is taken the large non-harmful particulates out of the uh, space and you're now walking into extremely dangerous area where the really dangerous particles are still there and of course now you don't think you need ppe on because you can't see any problem and, and so you, you've actually made the problem worse so that lack of information is the critical factor here there's been some very interesting research around black lung disease which of course you know is 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 uh, uh, is infamous if you like in the mining industry and particularly in the coal mining industry um, and for a long time, that was believed to be the inhalation of coal dust that was causing that issue. And you can see why, you know, when people have black lung disease, you know, that's why it's called that, you know, the people are often coughing up, uh, you know, black, black substances, and that's the coal dust. But of course, what's happening there is that the lungs are clearing out the coal dust. That's just wow. coming back out again. And, um, uh, and therefore, it, that, that's not the dangerous thing. Now, I'm not saying that there's no harm. Uh, that, that is caused by the inhalation of coal dust that, that, that there is but the really really dangerous aspect of it is not what you can see it's what you can't see um, there was a number of uh, studies done in the US and Australia the, the researchers were very confused because they were they were researching mines uh, coal this was in coal mines where um, you know there was clearly high levels of coal dust around in all of the mines but in some locations, there was high incidences of lung diseases um, in, in miners that have been working there over the long term. And in some instances, there was virtually no cases whatsoever. And there's still some controversy around this, this, um, uh, these, uh, this, these pieces of research. But, but, you know, the most likely conclusion from that is that in some cases, there was silica dust in there. You just don't, you weren't able to see it or they weren't aware of it. And in some cases that there, there, there wasn't. Um, so, you know, it, it's, um, uh, that, that's why it's so difficult that generally speaking, the really harmful dust is invisible. 
um, or very difficult to see and uh, there hasn't been tools in place to, to detect it. And the tools that are in place to actually, you know, um, uh, mitigate the harm, so improve ventilation systems, dust suppression, dust extraction systems, nobody knows uh, or, or it's very difficult to say uh, a lot of the time whether those are actually removing the really harmful particulates out of them. They may be, they may not be. You know, what we need to provide the mining industry is something which says definitively, yes, uh, you have removed the harmful particulates um, and, and, um, uh, uh, and now it's safe for your people to operate in this, in this zone. So there's, there's some very, very specific and difficult challenges to overcome for the mining industry. And that's, I think, why it's been quite difficult to, um, uh, yeah. dealing with it. Yeah, obviously we've been uh, you've been speaking about silica. Um, yeah, why is the real time silica uh, uh, detection considered the holy grail of health and safety in the mining industry, and how likely is it that we're able to achieve it in the near future? Yeah, I mean, for some of the reasons that I've just talked about, you know, it, it, this is clearly a, a huge issue. Um, you know, silica isn't the only harmful particulate, certainly not the only harmful particulate in mining. There are, there are many particulates and, and, and they will all, you know, have a different profile in terms of damage that they can do. So, uh, you know, we, um, you know, we're focused on, on providing something that will, you know, monitor across the full spectrum of particles there. But silica, you know, ha has those specific aspects of its makeup that, you know, both make it extremely difficult to, to, uh, to, to monitor um and detect and uh extremely harmful to people and uh you know as a kind of third uh, aspect of that extremely difficult to remove for, from the atmosphere and remove from from situations uh, and you know it also hangs around for a long time it float you know it, it it doesn't go away it it it, it floats in the air and, and can be there for for um you know for for a long time after um after you think it, it's uh you know it, it's safe to enter a place so there are all sorts of reasons why uh silica you know the, the ability to detect silica accurately and reliably in real time um is is you know as you said the holy grail of of, of 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 the mining industry and other related industries as well um if we can reach a point where we're able to do that um then that opens up the possibility that we can pretty much eradicate um the harm caused by silica you know through better extraction through better ventilation through better dust suppression through better use of ppe um, and we'd be able to do that in a way that doesn't burden the industry down with, with unrealistic um, costs and unrealistic uh, practices. Um, and, and that's, you know, that, that's the place that we need to get to. And if we can do that, then the vast majority of those deaths and all, of course, all of the other related diseases and illnesses and ill health that are caused by it and, you know, lots of, lots of days of work and, and all sorts of things that, that, uh, that, that fall out of, of those issues there's a realistic possibility that in the foreseeable future we can we can um we, we can uh, rid ourselves of, of most of that harm yeah and i was going to say what what are the sort of next steps in in terms of controlling this problem and bringing an end to sort of deaths and diseases called caused by a respiratory uh, particulates in the mining industry there's a number of i think uh organizations and groups around the world that are trying to looking for solutions uh, to this problem you know i uh, as i say we've been working with uh, worksafe australia um and um you know i think that um 
I'm more optimistic now that uh, we're going to have something in the very near future that is going to be really positive uh, to bring to the mining industry um, that, that, that can that can make a, a huge difference and to kind of kind of if you like uh, allow us to uh, open the floodgates and and um, and and, uh, and allow a rapid change in how the industry deals with this problem. Uh, so for me, that that's the starting point. Let's get real time, full spectrum highly accurate information available. Um, we, you know, we need that to become standard practice in the mining industry. And, and you know, I absolutely believe that the mining industry backs that both because they understand it will make them more efficient and, um, and uh, better at what they do, but also because they have a real concern for their workforce and, you know, their shareholders want to know that that's the case as well. So, um, you know, monitoring must become standardized in the same way gas detection is, uh, and it definitely will do. I think, you know, the mining industry is probably a little bit behind the tunneling industry in that regard, but uh, you know, I think it will catch up quickly. Um, you know, and then we need to provide that technology to them in ways where uh, you know they aren't having to go back and babysit these units every two or three days or every week or after every shift. They want to fit to forget um, uh, products that you know you put it in there and you don't have to go back for six months. Uh, once we provided that, then the information will be available um, to then really test uh, what is the best way of removing these particulates from the atmosphere in mines and until we have that information information available we can't uh, make that judgment when we have that information available we ought to make, be able to make that judgment pretty quickly and then from there we ought to be able to uh, develop a, a set of best practices around doing that which you know are easy to deliver and practicable and, and um, you know, will be aimed at um, uh, uh, eliminating these deaths and diseases from, from, uh, from the mining industry and, and, and other related industries. So I, I honestly think that's a realistic possibility um, in the next few years. And, uh, you know, we and other groups around the world are going to be working really hard to, to, to get the industry there. And um, yeah. so watch this space. Yeah. Um, obviously, at the time of this recording, we're, uh, we're in sort of this COVID, COVID era. Yes. Um, yes. Some countries are in lockdown, some countries are not, etc. Um, yeah. Are you guys making any particular equipment, products for, specifically for COVID, or do you have any products, i.e. whether that's masks, whether that's any sort of PPE, um, that you already have that can mm. eliminate any issues with covid or are you looking at looking at bringing in products to or ppe type products because of covid we, we don't play in the in the ppe space around things like masks and, and and gloves and and helmets and so on and so forth i mean you know the one thing that the the, the covid19 crisis has i think highlighted to everybody is the importance of lung health uh, the you know the the importance of, you know and many, many of the studies around C19 have highlighted the fact that it's much more harmful in uh, in places and to populations where uh, air quality is bad. So you know that's what we're all about. We're about you know the right to go to work and breathe clean air or at least non-harmful air. Uh, and uh, you know so our particulates work. And obviously this was, wasn't where we where, where we where, where we set out to, to go with it. But our particulates work. Is, is precisely about that. It's about saying, look, you know, this is something that we're, we're beginning, we're becoming more and more aware of with obviously the environmental uh, discussions that are taking place and the realization that, um, 
uh, uh, the, the particulates in the atmosphere are harmful, whether that's in a, 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 um, you know in a city centre or a roadside or or a workplace, they're, they're harmful, and we have to do something about that. We have to provide people with the right levels of information, um, and um, we have to do that, you know, across the full spectrum of, of what's there. We you know we can't have partial information we can't have um, you know uh, information that's hidden from people we must provide people with as much information as we can so that they can protect their their long health um, and so um, our our particular product range that that's what we're about lung health breathing clean air in a work capacity but you know also out there in the in the real world too uh, this is going to be a, a, a bigger and bigger issue going forward. And I think the C-19 crisis has, has only done one thing, and that's confirmed to people how important it is that we begin to look after our lungs and the way we breathe and to realise that these things are, um, you know, they can't, you can't cure these diseases. You can't undo the damage that gets done to, to people's lungs. Uh, you have to prevent it, and so prevention is is the is the is the only cure, and that's the the the, the you know, and that starts with having the right information available. Yes, yeah, certainly. Um, I want to slowly wrap this up, and I've got one more question. Yeah. Um, what's the uh, the future or outlook for Trolex uh, over the sort of short to medium term? Well, uh, we're you know, uh, like every other business, you know, we, we've uh, we, we've had to. Um, uh, 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 readjust our uh, strategies around the COVID-19 crisis. Obviously, that's impacted the mining industry and the, and the tunneling industry, uh, like, like every other industry out there. But um, we 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 are really really confident about the about the future. Um, we've got um, a great set of products coming through that we've been working, as I say, for seven eight years on. Uh, not just in the particulate sector, but in gas detection, in uh, strata monitoring um, within the mining sector preventing, you know, uh, roof, uh, roof fall, rock fall and, and roof collapses. Um, and, uh, you know, we're looking really now at the next generation of products as well. Obviously, silica monitoring being being the critical one, uh, working with a number of partners as, as, as we stand now on, on some trials with that going forwards, which are, are looking really, really positive. So, you know, it, it's our mission to that we get everybody going to work and coming home safe. Uh, that's that's what that's what we're about, um, you know, and particularly in harsh and hazardous locations, uh, principally mining and tunneling. So, uh, until until we've achieved that, then uh, we're going to keep going, and uh, we're going to keep innovating and bringing new products to market. And uh, you know, we want to hear from from uh, people out in the industry what their problems are, because we've got an amazing design facility here that. Um, that, that we, we've got brilliant minds that need to be challenged with problems and, and we, we, we're able to come up with solutions. So, you know, we're, we're, we're looking forward to the next challenges that, that, that come our way and uh, to, to solving them for the mining industry. Yeah. Okay. Um, if, if our audience wants to sort of reach out to you, and um, obviously it's an important subject and um, people, again, it may not be at the forefront of their mind, but it makes them, makes them get thinking and they could, they could have problems at the moment. Um, and then yeah. it may only be dealt with half-heartedly perhaps who knows if any of our audience wants to sort of reach out to you ask ask you some questions how can they go about doing that uh, well they can find me on linkedin very easily yep. so just uh, you know search Glenn jones and trollex um so i've got a linkedin accounts so very happy to uh, engage with people through that obviously jump yep. on our website uh, trollex uh, t-r-o-l-e-x uh, dot com 
Um, Are you on uh, any other uh, social media platforms? We 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 we're we're on um, Twitter and Facebook, um, yeah. but they aren't. Um, you know, I, 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 the, the mining industry. I think. Uh, oh, I didn't. We, we have an Instagram as well, um, but I think for the mining industry, probably LinkedIn is is probably the, the <laughs> yeah. uh, method of communication. Um, so probably LinkedIn is the, is the best way to find us. And, and obviously, if you want a bit more information on the company in the background, then jump on the on the website and find us there. Yeah, no worries. Well, I pre- really appreciate your time, Glyn, um, providing obviously a lot of content around uh, particulates. And again, it, it it could be it could be issue. It is a big issue in the mining industry. But again, it's not at the forefront. It's not at the front of people's minds. They're probably worried about um, productivity. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Yeah. Although health yeah. and safety is obviously hundred uh, percent important too, but the the dust, like you said, sometimes it can be seen, sometimes it can't be seen, um, and it could be like a, a silent killer. So, um, really appreciate you uh, providing providing uh, some information to our audience, um, and hopefully um, the audience have learned a lot from it or learned something from it, and hopefully yeah. they can reach out to you if they've got any uh, further questions. So, really appreciate your time. Thanks, Rob. Really appreciate it. It's been no great worries. talking to you and I uh, love the podcast. So yeah. keep, keep it going, mate. That's great. And uh, th- thank you to the audience listening. Um, until next time, happy mining. Thanks for listening to Dig Deep, the mining podcast. If there are any topics you want discussed or questions you want to ask any guests, then you can email us at rob at mining-international.org. Or you can follow Rob and Mining International on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter and YouTube for more content and to have your questions answered. Until next time, happy mining.